It is good to see all of you this morning. God wants relationship with each one of us. He wants it with me. He wants it with you. He wants relationship. Most of us, I think, know that, but in case that's new to you, it's true. God wants relationship with us. One of the songs, worship songs, that we've been singing recently is a line that describes God's pursuit of us, saying that he chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the 99. See, God is relentlessly pursuing a relationship with each one of us because we matter that much to him. And relationship with us matters a great deal to him. That's why Christ gave his life on the cross and, and uh, 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 destroyed the barrier of sin that separated us between separated uh, us from the Father, and he was, Christ was raised back to life in the third day so that we could have relationship with God. Now, an essential part of any relationship is this thing called communication. You can't have relationship without communication. It's one of the most basic elements of relationship, basic ingredients. There needs to be communication, and not only does there need to be communication, but it needs to go two ways. See, and that's what prayer is all about. Prayer is that communication between us and God, communication between, to, between me and God. And the problem is this, though. Often we are a whole lot better at talking to God and telling Him what we want than we are of listening to Him speak to us. And that's what we're talking about in this series. We're talking about hearing God speak to us in this series we're calling Frequency. Hearing Him speak to us. Now, both parts are important, but we usually don't have any trouble in telling God what we want, right? Kind of like, oh Lord, please don't let that officer that sits in the car behind me give me a ticket. Let him just give me a warning, right? Uh, we don't have any problem telling him what we want. Our trouble comes sometimes from the difficulty that we have in hearing him speak, like, slow down, um, you know. Uh, <laughs> and no, that did not happen to me recently. It has before, but, but our, you know, our, our trouble comes from the difficulty we have in hearing him speak. The difficulty, you know, sometimes comes from the fact that Often, we're not listening or we're not expecting God to speak to us. You know, we don't expect it, then we don't listen for it. I want us to look at a verse that we typically pull out at Christmas time. We look at this at Christmas because it has to do with the birth of, of Jesus. It's in Matthew 125. He's quoting the prophet Isaiah, and he says, Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. The key there is Emmanuel. God is with us. God became man so that he could relate to us. It's about relationship. Because God is a personal God, a close God, not some distant force or being far away, but a close God that wants relationship with us so much so that, that Jesus was born as a human being. He was God, but he was fully human. He was born to be one of us and to be among us. 
He speaks out of, out of you know, it's all about relationship. And, and he, he comes to us in a relationship. And, and here are, are three reasons why God speaks to us out of relationship. And one is the, to facilitate friendship. Because friends speak to each other. They communicate to each other. They share what's on their hearts. They share what they're thinking, what's on their minds. And look at Exodus 33. It says, inside the tent of meeting, the Lord would, spoke, would, would, Lord would speak to Moses, what? Face to face as one speaks to a friend. Face to face communication as one friend to another. He speaks to us to facilitate that friendship because without speaking, you, you're not going to have that friendship. Second, God speaks to give us guidance. Proverbs 3, 6, and the message says, listen for God's voice in everything you do. And it's, I, I like that. Not just in the big things, not just in the major decisions. Listen for God's voice in everything you do. Everywhere you go, not just at church or at your quiet time, but everywhere you go. When you go to the grocery store, be listening for God's voice. When you go to work, be listening for God's voice. Everywhere you go, you go to that restaurant, be listening for his voice. Everywhere you go and says, he's the one who will keep you on track. He gives guidance. He gives direction. He lets us know which way to go and what he wants us to do and, 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 and you know, leads us in the right way. He knows what lies ahead. See, the thing about God is he sees what we cannot see. He knows things that we can't see. He knows things we, that, that, that we don't know. He speaks to us to guide us through the challenges and, and, and dangers that lie ahead. You know, he sees the result of choices that we face that we can't see. And he guides us in those choices. He guides us along the path to take. He knows what will ultimately be best for us, even though sometimes it's not the most appealing or the most logical choice at the moment. See, he not only sees the beginning of the path, he sees the end of it as well. So he guides us along the, 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 the right path. Third, he speaks to provide perspective to us. He provides a, provides a perspective that we don't currently have because we need that perspective. Not everything that we see in the natural is really what's happening or really the truth of what's going on. We see things one way, but we only see a small portion of the picture. He sees what's really going on. He sees the big picture. He sees the big plan. He sees what we don't see. And then he calls us to listen to him and then just to trust him. Trust him. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, where we walk by faith, not sight. In other words, we don't just trust in what we see because it's usually not the whole story. There's always more to the story. I love Proverbs 18, 17. It's helped me get perspective on a lot of, a lot of things in, you know, in, in my life. It says this, the one who states his case first seems right. You experience that? Someone comes to you and they're talking to you about something, and boy, they seem right. How could they possibly be wrong? And, but then it says, until the other comes and examines him, or some translations say cross-examines him. Then all of a sudden, oh, there's another side of the story. There's another side of this picture. This person was saying this, and boy, it sure sounded good, 
But then this one comes along and sheds some more light on it. And now you're thinking, okay, so where is the truth? See, we walk trusting God that he sees things that we don't see and he knows what we don't know. He sees things from an eternal perspective. And sometimes as he speaks to us, he speaks to help us to see things from that perspective. For example, most of us here have experienced the death of a loved one that we felt was taken too early. <laughs> right. I know. <clears throat> um, you know, when, 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 um, uh, uh, when my parents passed last year, it was hard losing them, you know, two weeks apart. It was hard losing them, but it wasn't unexpected. Mom was 90, Dad was 94, okay? So we knew this was coming. Did it make it any easier? I'm not sure that losing a loved one or someone close to you is ever an easy thing. But, it, but I, I, I at least had the, I mean, I mean we, we expected it. We knew that it was coming and we knew it wouldn't be long because they had lived long, full lives. But when someone loses a child or a spouse's life or a good friend's life seems to be cut way too short, and we've experienced that. When it seems to be cut way too short, it's hard to deal with. And we're left asking questions of, why? Why, God? Why? And, and, and the thing is, we're not going to have answers to that. The why question is always going to be there. We're never going to get a complete answer. Uh, you know, it's, it's rarely do we ever get an answer to that, but there's a verse in Isaiah that I turn to in times like that that helps give me some perspective on this. As God has spoken in the situation, gives some perspective. It's not in your notes, but in Isaiah 57, first couple of verses, it says, Good people pass away. The godly often die before their time. No one seems to care or wonder why. No one, and it's, this is the part, no one seems to understand that God is protecting them from the evil to come. For those who follow godly paths will rest in peace when they die. You know, sometimes the reason that a person passes early is to spare them from things, from bad things that were going to happen later in their life. It doesn't answer all the questions. It doesn't take away all the pain and all the feeling of loss, but it does give us some perspective. Okay, maybe this is why this happened. You know, God never comes and tells us, okay, this is why this is happening. He, he doesn't, doesn't work like that. He, you know, otherwise, you know, he, where would the trust be? We trust God, and that gives us a possible explanation, gives us perspective. So th those are just three reasons why God speaks to us, to facilitate friendship and to, to give us guidance and to give us perspective that we wouldn't have otherwise. Now I want to spend the rest of this morning talking about how God speaks to us. And the Bible gives us, I don't know, maybe a dozen ways of how he speaks to us. But this morning I'm going to focus in on one in particular. Because I believe he speaks to us often in this way, but it often goes unnoticed or unheard. And that's when God whispers to us. When God whispers to us. There's a story in 1 Kings chapter 19 where Elijah had come off this great victory over the prophets of Baal. And, you know, fire had come down from heaven. You can read all about that when you go home. Read it in, in uh, uh, 1 Kings 18. 
But, but then after that great victory, he gets threatened. Jezebel threatens his life, so, so he runs, and he ends up depressed. He ends up hiding in a cave. I mean, can you, have you ever been like that? You've come through this, you know, this tremendous victory with God, and all of a sudden, something happens. It's like you let your guard down. The enemy got in there with a threat, or something happens, and all of a sudden, you're full of fear, and you're just running, and you just want to go hide somewhere. Well, that's what Elijah was experiencing and then God began to speak to him. Now, when God spoke to him, it wasn't through a burning bush like he spoke to Moses. Remember when Moses sees his bush is burning and it's not being consumed? And God spoke to Moses through the bush. And it wasn't through the, you know, from a, a, a thundering you know, cloud on top of a mountain. It wasn't like, like when God spoke later on in the New Testament to, to Saul on his way to Damascus. When God thundered from heaven and, and Saul was knocked to the ground and his life was transformed. is through a soft, gentle whisper. Some translations say a still, small voice. I want to take a look at the story. You know what, uh, in, in 1 Kings 19, starting verse 11, said, Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him, speaking to Elijah. Go out and stand before me on the mountain. As Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by. And a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire. And I picture like what's going out in California right now. It's just huge fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. I mean, here's all these demonstrations of power. The, you know, windstorm so fierce that it, it blasted rocks from the side of the mountain. The power of the, you know, earthquakes, you know, so powerful that it shook the mountain. And then there's this raging fire, but the Lord didn't speak through any of those things. And then we read on. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. I want to put before you today that sometimes God speaks to us through the sound of a gentle whisper. The thing about the thing about a whisper is, it's easy to miss. Did you catch that? Did you hear that? I said, it's easy to miss. A whisper is easy to miss unless you're listening to it or for it. You know, we've talked before in this series that we're in about hearing from God. We've talked about tuning out the noise and then tuning out the static in our lives. One of the benefits of quieting down our lives and getting rid of the noise and the static is then we're better able to hear when God whispers to us. Because a lot of times our lives are so crazy, so much going on, filled with so much noise that we can't hear God when he whispers. And I believe that God whispers in that still small voice much more than we realize. We just can't always hear him because there's too much other stuff going on. 
like the illustration before with the uh, friendly officer behind us in the police car. You know, maybe we're driving along and we're doing, you know, 70 and a 55, and maybe we don't realize it. But we've got these tunes on the radio, and we're just jamming out to that, and we're getting so pumped and so excited. We're going along, and all of a sudden we see those flashing lights. Well, maybe if we would have been a little quieter, we would have realized, hey, I seem to be passing everybody. Not one car is passing me, and uh, I'm making really good time. wonder what speed I'm doing. Ooh. I'm not that that would apply to anyone here, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> I believe he speaks to us a lot more than we realize. Not, not just about that, but I mean about a lot of things. We just can't hear him. Let me give you four areas where God whispers to us. One, he whispers encouragement. For example... We are surrounded all day long by voices that would discourage us or that would tear us down. Some days more than others. You know, we're bombarded by advertising that says, unless you have this latest item, you're nobody. You're not going to be happy. Everybody else has it. There are people around us sometimes that just look at us and they label us by our past mistakes. 20 years ago, we had something that's still hanging over our heads. And people are defining us by our past mistakes, telling us that we'll never amount to anything. We have the enemy along with other people in our lives, sometimes whispering in our minds, you're not good enough. You're nothing. And making us doubt the Father's love for us. Any of that sound familiar? Sound familiar to you? You know, but there's another voice too that's speaking, if we can hear it. A still, small voice. It's a gentle whisper. Romans 8.16 says, The Holy Spirit speaks to us deep in our hearts and tells us that we are God's children. We are God's children. You can choose to listen to the Spirit of God whispering, or you can listen to the others' voices. But the Spirit of God is whispering to us, and He's saying, You're loved. You're my child. You belong to me. I know you're in a difficult time. I know you're struggling. I know other people are saying things, but you belong to me, and I'm going to take care of you because you are my child and you are loved. I've adopted you into my family. It tells us that we're worth something to him. See, we don't need the latest gadget or particular label on our clothes that to determine our worth we don't have to let our past define us we can choose not to believe those voices 
that are just constantly trying to tear us down. See, the enemy has, has a plan. Jesus said that the enemy has come to kill, steal, and destroy. That is his plan. That is what he is trying to work into your life. But God is saying, hey, I'm here, and I love you, and I'm with you. I'm Emmanuel. I'm God who's with you. You don't have to worry about all that stuff. I got you covered. We can choose, but we've got to be able to block out some of the noise or, you know, so that we can hear that whisper. Isaiah 55, 3 in the message says, pay attention. Come close now. Listen carefully to my life-giving, life-nourishing words. I'm making a lasting covenant, uh, covenant commitment with you. The same that I made with David, sure, solid, un, un, or enduring love. I like that. Listen carefully to the life-giving, life-nourishing words. We choose what voice we are, allow ourselves to listen to and to dwell on. So listen for God's voice of encouragement. Second one is that he whispers warnings. Ever hear God whisper a warning to you? Like, check your speed. Um, I don't know why I'm on that this morning so much. I hope it's not prophetic of things to come. Um, not that I ever deal with that. Uh, you know, I, I, I think one of the best obedience aids that ever was invented is um, um, what one of the cruise control, right? Helps you maintain a right speed. One car it works, one car it doesn't. So I have to watch it when I'm driving that other car. Anyway, <laughs> he whispers warnings. Have you ever heard God whisper a warning to you? You know, maybe you're about to do something or go somewhere and you just start to get this uneasy feeling. And you're just not sure. And, you know, something just doesn't feel right. And you can't pinpoint it. You know, well, I, you know, just you brush it off. A minute later, it comes back again. You know, when that happens, it's a good idea. It's a good time to stop and just check in with the Holy Spirit and ask him, okay, God, are you trying to tell me something? Is this you or is it just nerves? Is this you trying to tell me this? Are you trying to warn me of something? You know, we see this with the Apostle Paul and his companions in Acts 16. So they traveled from town to town, strengthening and encouraging churches and so forth. In verse 6 and 7, it says, They went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia. They had been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. When they came to Mysia, they, tr they tried to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. I want you to see something here. They were forbidden to speak the word in Asia. Okay, they were forbidden to speak the word in Asia. They were not allowed to go to Bithynia. Why? Why? Fact is, we don't know. We're not told why. Right? So we don't know why. God doesn't always have to give us a reason for the direction that he gives us. He can lead us and say, I want you to go here. I want you to do this. And we ought like to say, okay, but why? He doesn't have to tell us why. Okay, he was saying, don't do this. He's warning them, just don't go there and don't do this. 
God just said no. And then it's a matter of obedience and trusting that God knows what he's doing. So he gives us warnings that we need to listen to. Third area that God whispers to us in, in, is in giving us direction. He whispers direction. It's not in your notes, but Isaiah 30, 21 says, whether to, you turn to the right or the left, you'll hear uh, a, a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. This is where I want you to go. He gives us direction. In Luke's gospel, we meet a man named Simeon who had received a promise from God that he would not die until he saw with his own eyes the Messiah. The Lord had told him and spoken to him and said, you know, you're going to live to see the Messiah. You know, you're not going you're, you're to be taken. You're, you're not going to die until you physically see the Messiah with your own eyes. And then Luke 2.27 says that one day he says that he was guided by the Spirit as he entered the temple. And as you read on, you see that he, he runs into Mary and Joseph and Jesus as they've come to, to, uh, 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 to dedicate him. Uh, and, you know, it, it, I, I want us to see what's going on here. At the exact moment that Mary and Joseph were bringing Jesus to the temple to, to, to concentrate, consecrate him to God as their firstborn, at that exact moment, the Holy Spirit guided Simeon into the temple where he saw Jesus, the Messiah, as had been promised him by God. Have you ever had something like that happen in your life? Where it's like you went somewhere at a, you know, either some place you hadn't planned, made a stop you hadn't planned, or, or, or whatever, and all of a sudden you realize what are the odds of running into this person at that moment? What are the odds of being here exactly at this moment? What are the odds that after I'm upset about an order taking so long in a drive-thru that I can't get home in time, you know, it's, and this literally happened, uh, a number of years ago, we were up in uh, somewhere in northern Indiana, near Manchester. You know, I'd been preaching at a church there, and, and we drove through some fast food place for a meal on the way home. And, you know, I, I, want, I just want to get home, I'm, you know, and, and I'm hungry and tired. We had a couple hours to, to drive still, at least. And uh, so we go through a drive through It took them forever. I mean, it took them. I'm surprised I'm still not waiting there. Um, you know, it, it took a long time, and I'm upset because it's taken long, and then you got to pull over, and then they run it out to you, so then you go. Find out later, come upon, upon an accident, and I'm thinking, okay, now, wait a minute. I'm trying to figure the time, and as close as I could call, recall, I could have been there right then if that happened. That could have been me. God directs our steps. He guides us, sometimes without our knowing it, sometimes with our knowing it, and he just tells us we listen to him. Sometimes he says, I want you to just sit here for 10 minutes longer before you get up and go, and you don't know why, but then someone comes in the door that you need to see.
in Luke 4, Jesus, after Jesus was baptized, he was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness where he was tempted. In Acts 20, Paul told the elders at Ephesus, he says, And now, compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. The Holy Spirit was directing him. Holy Spirit was guiding him to go to Jerusalem. He didn't know why. He didn't know what was going to happen there. He just knew that the Holy Spirit was guiding him there, and that's where he needed to go. Another area where God whispers is in the area of dreams. He whispers dreams. Job 33 says, For God speaks again and again, and get this part, though people do not recognize it. Whispers again and again, though people do not recognize it. He speaks in dreams, in visions of the night, when deep sleep falls upon people as they lie in their beds. He speaks to us often in our dreams, but we don't realize it. Now, we have to realize that not every dream is from God. Okay? Not every dream is from God. We need to be discerning. Sometimes it's, you know, I was going to say Mother Bear's Pizza, but Mother Bear's Pizza could never cause a bad dream. Okay, never. It's just too good a pizza for that. But, but yeah, sometimes it's, it's, it's something you ate, or we need to be discerning. See, I believe that God speaks to us often in our dreams, but we don't realize it because for one reason, we're not tuned in. And if we're not tuned in during the day, then we're not going to be tuned in during the, you know, while we sleep. Because what occupies our minds during the day is what will occupy our dreams at night. Often that's the case. It's like you dream something at night, it's like because that's what, you know, you realize, wow, I've been thinking about this, you know, all, all, all day long or right before bed, and that's what I dreamed about. So, how can we begin to kind of turn things around and begin to hear the whispers of God. How can we begin to hear when God whispers to us? This week in 21 Days of Prayer, Chris Hodge just talked about our posture in prayer, talking about, you know, not our physical posture, but our heart posture. He says that when we approach God in prayer, our posture should be that it's all about God and not us. Our posture should be that he is the focus, okay? Well, in the same way, when we talk about the whispers of God and how, how he speaks to us in whispers, our posture is important. See, it's the attitude of our heart, and the attitude of our heart needs to be one of openness where we say, speak to me, Lord. And we're looking for him, we're listening for him to speak to us. Speak to me, Lord, I'm open to hear. Not speak to me, Lord, I want you to tell me what I want to hear, but speak to me, Lord, I'm open to hear. I want to hear your voice, whatever it is. I want to hear you speak to me. Tell him that you want to hear from him often with a, and, and have a posture of always listening. So I'll always be listening. You know, last week we talked about uh, Samuel, how he was just a young boy of maybe 12 years old. He was, he was learning to hear the voice of God. And when Eli, you know, uh, uh, told him after, after, I don't know, third or fourth time, whatever, third time, I think, you know, he, he, Samuel was sleeping, you know, he heard someone call him, he, you know, Samuel, he ran to the priest Eli and said, hey, you called me, and Eli says, no, I didn't call you, go back to bed. That happened a few times, and finally Eli gets a clue, and he says, okay, uh, next time that happens, say, speak, Lord, your servant's listening. So, you know, uh, uh, you know Eli, e Eli told him that it was God calling him. So, you know, 
he, he responded, the next time he heard that call, he goes, oh, oh, okay, I'm listening, speak. Speak to me, Lord, I'm listening. That needs to be us. That should be a regular prayer of us, uh, uh, of ours. Okay, Lord, speak to me, I'm listening. And the other part of that is, and I'm eager to respond. I'm eager to speak to me, Lord, I'm listening and I'm eager to respond. He speaks to those who are listening and who are eager to respond. See, in John 10, 27, Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice, or my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. They follow. They respond. See, my sheep are the ones that hear my voice and they respond to it. They follow. we get ready to close, I just want to ask you this. What has God been speaking to you lately? Have you heard him speak to you lately? What has he been speaking to you? Has it been, has he been speaking an invitation Has he been saying to you, follow me? Lay down whatever you're holding tightly to and follow me. Maybe that has to do with our lives in general. We've been walking our own way and, and, and wanting our own you know, way, just taking charge of our lives, and I'm going to... You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take charge of this and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live for me. And maybe he's saying, no, live for me, follow me. Maybe there's a particular area of our lives that we've been trying to control and trying to get, you know, keep our, 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 our grip on. And he's saying, no, let go of that and just follow me. I'll direct you through it. What is it that he's saying to you? You might say, well, what do you mean, follow you? Where are we going? It's okay to ask that question. I'm not so sure that it's going to be answered most of the time because God doesn't have to answer to us. Sometimes he'll tell us, okay, I'm going to take you here, and I'm going to take you here. Sometimes he tells us, but not all the time. All the time, though, he asks us to trust. See, we don't have to know where he's taking us. We just have to know who is leading us and to trust him. And I want to leave you with this. What's your answer? I want you to think about what he's been speaking to you what he's been inviting you into, what he's been calling you to, where he's been calling you to follow him. And then what's your answer? If you're not sure, if you're not sure that it's him, you think it is, there's nothing wrong with saying, okay, God, I think you're telling me this, or I think you might be saying this. Is that you? And then 
just ask him and say, speak, I'm listening. And whatever I hear you say, I'll respond. And listen for the whisper of God. That still, small voice. A lot of times we want the, you know, to put out tests like a fleece out there and, and that. It's... I, I, I don't think that that's something we do with a friend. We listen to our friends. We listen to their voice. We hear their heart. God is coming to us as a friend. And he's saying, this is what I want. So what's our response? I'd like the worship team to come up.